Do the Dallas Cowboys have the best tight end room in all of football? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Pick projection, you can win, and you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. First time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That is PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Today, we are reviewing our all 22 notes from the Cowboys' Week 12 win over the New York Giants. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. It was a, it was a nice long weekend, obviously, with the, with the holiday and with the big Cowboys win. It was really nice to kind of relax and watch football yesterday a little bit, though the football was not great yesterday, to no. be honest. No. Um, but good football was to, to be watched when I uh, got an opportunity to kind of dive back into this tape a little bit. Yeah. So I was excited. To watch we that. have three big ta- takeaways from watching the all 22. Um, and let's get into the first one. Uh, I This is my opinion. You can refute it if you'd like. I think the Cowboys might have the best tight end room in all football. After watching what Dalton Schultz did on Thursday with Jake Ferguson playing a bigger role, with Peyton Hendershot playing a lot now, what did you see from the Cowboys' tight ends in this game? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, I think it's a strong statement. But I, I think the Cowboys have every uh, right to be in that conversation. I mean, I think you can make arguments that there are maybe players, obviously, that, that are of a higher tier than Schultz. I mean, I think there's some elite, elite tight Kelsey, ends here. Mark Andrew, yeah. But top to bottom, I mean, the group is just really, really impressive. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you've got four of these guys, and and I think you know as uh, you know as the season has kind of gone on, you, you've you thought that it was more just kind of, well, can they, you know, can can this guy do this while you mix and match them? I think what's really been impressive is that it's a it's all four of these guys are kind of do it all tight ends. I, I think. Uh, the, the value in that versatility and having four guys who can do what they can do, uh, you know, so well, kind of all four aspects of of, of tight end play, right? The pass and run blocking, uh, receiving, and 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 uh, and I, I've lost track of maybe it's three. Then. Catch, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think as as receivers, what else? Um, yep. I think that you know, there's definitely guys that have have strong strengths and weaknesses, and, and obviously there's a, a blend of it. But the fact that you have four guys who can really kind of do everything you need to 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 uh, to be a versatile tight end that that just gives your offense incredible versatility. And and real quick, I'd just say that what Ferguson and Schultz were able specifically to do in the passing game. Uh, on Sunday was just really, really impressive. I mean, Schultz, obviously a reliable uh, target for, for, uh, uh, for Dak and someone that he trusts. Yep. And now as you start to see Ferguson kind of develop as a guy that, that, you know, is, is valuable after the catch can you know, actually move the chains a little bit. Once he gets the ball in his hands, uh, I think it makes it difficult to kind of envision a situation where you're, you're not, where you're not playing as many tight ends. I just, because you want to get all these guys in the field and they have so much to, 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 
to add to the offense. I mean, you could do so many different things with them, right? You can play some bully ball if you want to, and you want to play three tight ends out there. If you want to, you know, use these guys in pass routes, you can do that as well. Um, I just want to quickly talk about Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson. I, I think we might have forgot a little bit when Dak Prescott was out, just how good of a player Dalton Schultz is. I think there's this old adage that, you know, young and inexperienced quarterbacks love tight ends. You know, they love to throw it to the tight end because they're open in the middle of the field. Actually, I'm not sure that's true because typically when you're throwing in the middle of the field to a tight end, there's a lot of traffic and a lot of congestion, right? I think it takes a good quarterback to be able to throw in tight windows. And you saw it in this game, like on that third and 15 into the end zone, the the throw that Dak had to Dalton Schultz, like you had to put that ball perfectly for Schultz to go get it. And he did. And he's in the right spot at the right time. He's just a really, really good player that I would hate for the Cowboys to lose after the season. Yeah, and you know the, the key thing I think you mentioned there is the trust, right? Like yes. the, the developed trust that Dak has with, with him, and and being able to make those throws, you know, before he's he's made the breaks, and 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 sometimes it's gotten him in trouble. We've seen that. I think maybe even the first game there was a situation where it felt like he maybe trusted Schultz a little bit too much, but I I, I think you've seen a lot of positive from that, and and the ability, you know, of Schultz to on back to back you know, go, uh, uh, well, not quite red zone for the first one, but, but, uh, back-to-back drives where they were in the red zone or just outside the red zone, suffer a, a, a major penalty. Uh, and then, and then to be able to just kind of go back to Schultz, uh, once in the end zone and then once outside the end zone where he was able to kind of break some tackles and reach into the, the score. That's just such a huge, uh, benefit. And, and I think, you know, as you started to see a little bit too, uh, the way that kind of Schultz and some of the other slot receivers kind of interact with each other, uh, pulling coverage away from uh, each other and just affecting the defense, uh, it's it's really been uh, beneficial. And it just it just allows, especially against a defense like this, where they're going to be sending a lot of players. There's going to be lots of opportunity that if you can get the ball off, if you, if you can just get the ball off and you can get it to a big receiver. Uh, you're going to have a lot of success. You saw that with CeeDee Lamb on crossing mm-hmm. routes when they would send blitzes, and you saw it a lot with Dalton Schultz uh, and, and, and Ferguson, right, where where uh, they just provide a big target in the middle of the field so that Dak can make a throw where he's like, hey, either either Dalton's getting this or no one's getting this, yep. you know, and, and it just allows kind of a safe down-the-field attack against uh, teams that blitz a lot. Uh, since week six, Dalton Schultz is PFF's second highest graded tight end in the NFL, and you wow. see it, right? Yeah. He gets open. He's making a bunch of big plays. He's scoring touchdowns. I even think his, his blocking has improved yeah. pretty yeah, significantly a, since early. There was one that I shared with you last night, yeah. right, that, that was incredible. Like, just the way he's able to sort through it and understand his assignment uh, and just, you know, help the offensive lineman. And then, obviously, the the what was it, the uh, the – the catch and run that he, or was it, what was the run that he, that he would made that huge block downfield for? Was it for Pollard? Maybe. I think so. Yep. No, no, no. It was Zeke. It was Zeke on the speed option, right? When they ran that speed option, Dalton was all the way down up, up field and, and was able to make a block and, and, and seal his guy off. So yeah, I think, you know, Schultz is really, when he's put into a spot where he's able to do what he does well, like he has, he really excels as kind of a yep. versatile player who can do a little bit of everything for you. And Jake Ferguson, just really quickly on him before yeah. we move on. I mean, the last three or four weeks, he's really figured things out. Like he's just, you can see he's so much more comfortable in the offense. His blocking is still, it's, it's, what do you want to call it? Average? 
Okay. I think it's been good. I mean, I, I mean, considering where where he's coming from as a rookie, it's been it's been solid for at at the least. Yes. Um, another PFF stat: since Week Nine, he is PFF's second highest graded tight end in the NFL. So when you've got Ferguson and Schultz playing this well, it's hard not to get really excited about this Cowboys tight end room. And we know Peyton Hendershot's potential. Sean McEwen is kind of overqualified to be a fourth tight end. Yes. It's it's just a really, really good unit. I think if the Cowboys want to win in December and in January, they're going to lean on these tight ends. And it's it's exciting to watch them play. That's that's basically the take that I have. I know that's not that's kind of a cold take, but I No, but, but it's it, really it, good. It's exciting because I think it, what it does is that, you know, not a lot of teams have a lot of answers for everything that you can do with a 13 personnel uh, offense, right? You can spread them out. You can bring them in. Uh, you know, and obviously 14 is also something that they use a lot. So uh, I just think that it's it's something that that it gives you a lot of versatility to do a lot of things, and it certainly can put a defense into a, a bad spot from having to make them uh, defend the passing run. All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott and how he played not only in this game but what we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. But before we do that, we want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you are going to love. Find Block Forever. Now, wherever you get your podcasts, Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil. And Audible, Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, including Christian McCaffrey, Juju Smith-Schuster, to give his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast, available everywhere. Now, Audible, get in the game. All right, Landon, let's talk about Dak. Um, I saw the Cowboys starting to use Dak a little bit more as a runner, not to the extent of like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, but they are doing some things to get him a little bit more involved that way. What did you see from Dak specifically on Thursday? Man, it's just great to see him healthy, you know, and, and playing good football and, and just like, you know, back in the swing of things. Cause this, you know, it just felt like, uh, you know, there were some, there were some struggles early on there. There's, there's obviously, there's no doubt, but I don't think that Dak was necessarily playing poorly. Uh, and, and just to kind of see him really I, like, let's start with this. I, I just watching him pre-snap. So it, it dominate that process is so uh, is so fun, you know, yeah. because what you do, what you do is you go and you see him line up, get up to the line of scrimmage, see what they're doing, kind of call back out the audible. And then there's just so many times when you see that whole process play out that 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 is then followed by a snap where there's an explosive front or a play where a guy is wide open. He just clearly has an understanding of what is happening to him, what he, what play he needs to get it to. And he has the answer there in front of him. And I think that that just shows you the sign of, of a quarterback who is, you know, not just heady and not just like, you know, understand what's happening, but he's has complete command of, of the offense. Right. And knows not only that he needs an answer, what they're doing, but what the answer is inside of his offense and, and the play that he needs to get to it consistently just, putting you in the the positive play. And that's su- such an important aspect of what Dak does that, that needs to get more credit because it's such an important thing of part of what yeah, he does. I, it's really how he wins as a quarterback, right? Because there are other quarterbacks that are bigger than him that have a bigger arm that are more athletic, but where he wins is more often than not 
gets them in the right play in the right call. And every once in a while it won't work out and we criticize him and everybody goes to Twitter to blame Dak, but we don't talk about it when he audibles out of a bad pass into a read option run where Ezekiel Elliott gets 25 yards on third down or whatever, but he's in year seven. He, he's yeah. seen it all at this point. And it seems like he's just, I think he can kind of recall like, Hey, we played Philadelphia two years ago and they ran this coverage on third down. This is what we should expect. And, that's kind of the, the makings of a really good quarterback and when you can get your team out of bad plays and bad situations. Yeah, and, and then you, you add that kind of heady nature. And then, you know, th- there's obviously physical parts of him that are that are fantastic as well. And, and, and I think the toughness, you know, just to kind of keep continue on like a little bit of the above-the-shoulder stuff. Yep. This is a game where, you know, first of all, Dak is is very adept at throwing against the blitz. He understands that, you know, the blitz is going to leave uh, a defense exposed. He's more than willing to do what it takes to uh, to uh, to beat the blitz. And what that means is that there are going to be times when the defense is going to send more players than you have blockers ready to scheme. And when that happens, it's on the quarterback. It's the quarterback's job to beat that last guy. And what that means is that he needs to throw to the hot before the guy gets to him. Now, just because you throw the ball before the, before the, the, the the defender gets to you, doesn't mean that you're not going to take an extremely vicious hit, which was happening several different times. Dak was standing in there holding the ball until the last minute until CD clears the safety on the outside or until Mm -hmm. Schultz makes his turn on the outside to the corner uh, and he's throwing the ball off his back, well, off his back foot, off his back, <laughs> off his back foot, which is you know a big no no. But but I I think I saw somebody else tweeting about it earlier. He's like, Dak Prescott's one of the only quarterbacks in the league where if he throws off his back foot, I I trust that it's going to be okay because it's so much about understanding that the blitz is coming and that you're throwing to a spot, right? That you're hey, this is where the weakness is. I know my re- receiver is going to be around there somewhere. Uh, and I'm going to trust them to make the play, and, and and that still takes a lot of guts, a lot of uh, toughness, uh, and a lot of of understanding uh, what is happening on that play and what is the best way to beat that play, uh, and and just to see him kind of deliver those balls into tight windows while people are all over him is just it's just really impressive, and it shows you how strong he is yep. uh, and, and and able to kind of fight through that. So. I just thought that you know, kind of consistently, you saw that in this game where they were sending guys, but it, it wasn't it wasn't working because Dak was able to get the ball off, and even if it wasn't completed, they weren't getting the sack. They weren't going to no. get the, the satisfaction no. of, of getting the sack. They were either going to get an incompletion or a huge play against them. Yeah, Dak's kind of at the point in his career where teams are just stupid to blitz him, right? Like yeah. you're better off just trying to rush four or five and get there that way and cover because if you try to blitz. You might get him a couple times. You might force a couple incompletions, but eventually all he needs to do is hit two or three plays for you to to lose the game. And that's exactly what happened in this one, right? They scored seven points in the first half and you came back from halftime. And before you knew it, it was 28 to 28, 13, right? Mm. Before we even got to the fourth quarter. That's why you can't do that against Dak long-term and have success. So that's when you know you have a really good quarterback, when you just can't blitz them at all, and they just don't get phased by it. In fact, I, I kind of think Dak welcomes it at this point. Yeah, and that's the thing, right, is that you know Martindale – we knew Martindale going to this game was going to want to blitz, blitz Dak a lot. That, that's just in his nature. He yeah. would have probably been better off playing more shell coverage and playing everything in front of them and making Dak – 
dink and dunk. I think that he would have had a, a similar result. But make them but it, have 14, 15 play drives, right? Yeah. And wait uh, but for I just, somebody to mess up. But I just think that yeah, it, it, yeah. that's kind of in, in Martindale's DNA, and, yeah. and, and they had to do something with all these injuries on that side. All right. Um, go ahead. Do you have any more thoughts on Dak? Just one more thing. Go ahead. It's it's – it's really great. I, I kind of mentioned this up front that it's it's great that Dak's healthy, you know, and to yeah. see him playing healthy uh, for the first time in a long time, like, you know, not worrying about a shoulder or an ankle or whatever. The thumb is, you know, it was always just going to be a healing thing, but those other things really were limiting his ability and how he was playing the game. I think what we're seeing now is a more returned. And, and the thing that makes me most excited is health, not only the running, which I think you're starting to see more and more of the design run, which is great. I think that's awesome. And it's yep. a huge part of Dak's game and a huge part of the Cowboys offense, but the play action bootlegs, they've always were going to run play action bootlegs. They ran them before, even when Dak came back from his ankle injury, that wasn't ever the thing, the thing. What, what's different now is that that deep, that deep option is now back on the table. You know, it's now the the first look that Dak is it's looking at. It's not just at. the tight end in the flat, right? It's also no. Noah Brown coming across the middle of the field, right? You're, you're not just drawing coverage away anymore with that deep route. Dak's going to be looking for you. And and to see him uh, able to kind of make those, like, off the off his foot, you know, heave down the, 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 the sidelines with a level of accuracy down to CeeDee Lamb to yes. a one, with a one-handed catch, uh, that just – that is – uh, what we've been looking for as far as a return to big play creation, a return to uh, something that, that Dak can do on a regular basis to threaten the defenses down the field. Uh, I think that having that back in the game plan, not, not, I mean, the, the, the play never left the, ga- the, ga- the, the game plan. The play never left the playbook. But, but having Dak have the ability and the confidence to be able to throw off that foot now and get those deep routes and not just look at that second or, yep. or closest option – uh, that that makes all the difference in the world in making this offense more explosive. Plus, he's just getting out to the flats a lot quicker yep. than he was a year ago, and it's just because he's a year and a half removed from that injury in 2020. So he just he's so much healthier now. I would expect with the 10 days off, his thumb is going to look. I mean, feel even better going into this Colts game. This is probably the healthiest you're going to get Dak Prescott for a while. I would assume, right? Yeah, uh, right. absolutely. I want to talk about the offensive line and how that might. Uh, impact the Odell Beckham signing playing in. But before we do that, I'll tell you guys about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their prize pick project- projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on just about any sport that you watch. This includes includes NFL, NBA, MLB, MHL, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Landon, question for you. Yeah. How do you think the Cowboys' offensive line played in this game, and what should they do going forward 
at that left tackle, left guard spot? Well, first of all, that right side of the offensive line is great. <laughs> they look they look great. They're run blocking well. Uh, Steele had a couple of shaky moments in pass pro, but that's just going to happen. You're not concerned uh, about Zach Martin getting a holding call? I'm concerned about my feeling about the referees that called that holding call. Um, it wasn't just in this game. The, 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 I don't think the referees know what holding a pancake is anymore. That play, I mean, again, we are not uh, the locked on Packers or locked on Eagles uh, thing. That holding call last night was absolutely atrocious. I, I turned the TV off. I was so mad about that pancake that 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 was it was it Jenkins, Jenkins. had. Yeah, Jenkins, the yeah. Jenkins just pancakes the guy. I don't know. Yeah. Illegal pancake is what they should have thrown the flag. Yeah. For. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, like you go back and watch the game, and uh, you know they were they were just running behind that right side all game. You know, Zach Martin was just destroying guys, and 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 it, Terrence Steele was just completely uh, unbeatable in the run game specifically. Um, and, and, and I think on the left side, what you're seeing is that they've been able to hold up for, for very well, uh, for very well for a, a while. Right. And, and for, for multiple weeks, I think Tyler Smith has been, you know, serviceable for a very long time, but, but has been living on the edge at times. Right. And, and I think, uh, McGovern has gotten better. It feels like, but he's just, I think where he's gotten better is that he's, he's not, um, like last year, it felt like he was beating beaten pass protection a, a lot more than yeah. he is this year. Uh, I think it's still the same in the run game where he's just not giving you very much push from the guard spot. But I think in the pass protection, he's gotten a little bit better. I think Tyler Smith is is just is kind of like I said, holding on for dear life, especially with some of these speed guys. Um, but I think he's he's it's serviceable, it's working. It's they're it's, getting it's by, ser- right? It's not they're it's getting not by. They're winning games, right? I, I think that if you add in. Tyron Smith and you move Tyler in you're gonna have you're really gonna have something here you're gonna get so much more strength inside with Tyler playing guard you're gonna have a much more experienced Tyron Smith who hasn't I mean he's coming off of rehab obviously but he also hasn't uh, had all the rest of the wear and tear of the season Uh, and even if that you don't do that like even if that's not what happens maybe this week maybe what you do is you you, again just give him a week of Jason Peters at left tackle and have that's that's where I'm at like I'm ready because not only is it are you improving the left tackle spot i think you can improve the left guard spot and yeah i mean we joke about this all the time but like connor mcgovern did a great job as a yeah. fullback last year yeah. and if you want to run six to eight plays a game maybe it's not even that many maybe it's four and they're in short yardage and whatever it just gives teams something else to think about and to worry about on top of all the tight ends and the receivers and the two running back sets I just think it can make your offense that much better. I just, I, I think it's time to start thinking about making that shift for Tyler Smith. I, I think after having gone back and watched some more of Jason Peters, um, I, I feel like honestly that that Jason Peters and and McGovern are probably similar, similarly talented players as it stands right now where they are in their careers you know like i think you can get such a big upgrade at left guard right and i think that's that's the thing is and it's not even just that too it's 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 giving yourself one more week of tyler smith being at left guard uh and and for in that transition for towards when uh, tyron comes back so um i i I do think that there is a situation here where 
the tie should go to the the left tackle situation, yeah, uh, and that you, you you should start that clock a week early because clearly that's what the plan is. That's what that's what we're moving towards. Uh, there, there's they've got a ten day off break. You think that that Tyron's not coming back necessarily this week, but maybe next week you see him. So why not start that transition with that extra time off that they have? Uh, and and you've already thrown in Peters there for a couple snaps to see what he's at at left tackle. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I just think the right side of their offensive line is ready to go win a Super Bowl right now. Yep. Like they are as right good now. as anybody else. I'm just worried that even though you're winning and you're putting up points. When you get to play games like against Philadelphia here in a couple of weeks, or you play the 49ers in round one of the playoffs, is that left side going to be good enough to hold up to give Dak Prescott time? I don't know. Not I, I, actually, I, I think I do know. Not as it currently stands. They got to get better at that left side. Um, I think you are maybe a little bit more pessimistic about adding somebody like Odell when you think maybe the answer is, hey, just improve the offensive line and you don't need to go out and get Odell. The, the rest of the offense is going to take care of itself. Well, I think my, my main concern with the Odell thing right now is that, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm against him getting him at all. That, that's not, the, that's not the case. But my main concern about is if he comes in is that they've got a really good thing going with this mixture of formations that they're using the personnel groupings they've clearly just ta- spent a whole segment talking about how good we thought these tight ends were yeah I, I i just worry that if they bring in odell that what that means is that they'll they'll be in more 11 personnel just to justify putting a 30 year old wide receiver with an eight coming off an acl injury on the field more than maybe what is the better formation for the Cowboys at times, which is the 12, which is 12 and 13 personnel. So don't disagree at all. Uh, but my thought is if, if the Cowboys are going to assign Odell and I, I, I think I've made this point several times on the podcast, if they're going to sign Odell, I want it to be a long-term deal. So there's no, sure. there's no rush to feel like, Hey, we've got to get him on the field. Right. Because if you sign into, let's say a one year, $6 million deal at that point, you're going to feel like, Hey, we spent all this money on him. We've got to get him on the field. But if it's part of a long-term plan and you can just kind of ease him in on certain situations and he's playing 30 snaps a game, I think that would work. Yeah, I, I think if the idea is Gallup and, and CD are keeping the same amount of snaps and then you're just adding that many more wide receiver snaps for, for Odell in, in 11 personnel, I think that that's problematic. I think that, that you especially with. I mean, we're almost in December right now. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem, right? Is that there's there certainly is a case for upsetting the apple cart here, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that there is – like, if you're talking about rotating him in and, like, having him kind of take some of Gallup's snaps, right? And and maybe just he he's the guy that you're you're kind of rotating in on some of these two wide receiver sets. Well, I, I almost to- think it's like an insurance policy, right? Like, yeah. hey, we, we're signing this guy – with the intention of him being our, you know, one of our starting receivers in 2023. But this year it's just in case CD gets banged up in a game or Gallup isn't able to go for a half or whatever. I, I, th- I think that's it, right? Like it could, because if you're trying to completely change what this offense does in order to facilitate a wide receiver that we're not even sure how healthy he is right now. That's the key. Yes. I, I think that you're, 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 you're going to disrupt something that is working. Like don't broke. What isn't, what it'll fix what isn't broke right yeah. like yeah. I, I think there's ways to add him in that can obviously be a huge benefit and it could be a huge addition but i think what we need to ward against is that pretending that there isn't a situation here where 
force feeding him into the offense isn't a isn't a bad situation. I think that that could potentially disrupt problems, disrupt things, cause all kinds. You know, think about how things were disjointed last year. It was all kind of like hard to explain, and we couldn't figure it out. This offense is clicking right now, and it makes sense. And they have answers, and they have an identity. Don't ruin that by you know trying to force a guy onto the field. Fold him into what you're already doing. Don't yes. reinvent the wheel because you've signed this guy. I think that's the key that I think the Cowboys should keep keep focused. That's why actually this thing playing out the way it has, where it's I mean he's not even taking visits for another week. Yeah. The longer this goes on without him signing is actually probably better for the Cowboys in the long run, if I had yeah. to guess, right? Because then they don't have to justify giving him a bunch of snaps in round one of the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But the bigger point is fix the, the left side of the offensive line first and then worry about Odell because if they that, fix that left side. That's going to have the biggest impact. That's yeah, going to be the but, thing that has the bigger impact on this offense. They could legitimately be the number one scoring offense in the league with just a little bit better play from the left side of their offensive line. And and, and honestly, it's not even just about – you mentioned pass protection and and, and the sacks. It's not even just about that. Like what you would do is take a strength of running the football and suddenly you make it – that much stronger right like because you've got tyler smith playing inside tyron smith playing outside now you're not just now you're not now you're moving bodies now you're not just trying to run to the right side every time you've got both sides now you've become what was a very 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 good run game into maybe the best run game in football all right that is it for today's show thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen of the day for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you would download the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier, underscore Marcus underscore Mosier. There you go. I got it. Uh, got it. Make sure download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow to answer your Twitter questions. Bye, everybody.